Okay, good afternoon everybody and welcome to the Insider webcast. My name is Warwick Lace, I'm the Head of Investor Relations at Reach Markets and I'll be facilitating the session for you today. The purpose of the Insider is to give you direct access to companies that you may be considering investing in. Uh, companies that we invite on to uh, this session, the Meet the CEO session, have often been tipped as a top stock pick by a fund manager who we would have recently hosted uh, in one of our Meet the Funds Manager sessions. Uh, we host the Meet the CEO every alternate Wednesday uh, with three new companies presenting at each session. Uh, also, advice or information that contained in today's presentation is general in nature and does not consider your personal circumstances. You need to consider for yourself whether it is appropriate for you. This week we are joined by Martin Phils from Peer Profile. Uh, Martin, you're well known uh, to us at REACH Markets. Uh, late last year, REACH were involved with, with Peer Profile's recapitalization, which uh, really marked the end of a strategic turnaround uh, for the company. Uh, during that time at the, at the cap recapitalization, you pointed to a number of uh, digital economic uh, tailwinds that you felt were blowing in Peer Profile's favor, and you also flagged uh, the expectation that the company's uh, financial and operational results would uh, would start to see the benefits of those tailwinds, but also um, really uh, from a, from an operational and financial perspective, um, start to benefit from uh, a focused and restructured business. Um, I'm delighted to say that we've uh, we've seen um, a whole bunch of those benefits start to flow through in the first two months of this year. You have the controls to the presentation now, um, so um, open it up uh, open it over to you, Martin. Look forward to getting an update. Brilliant, Warwick. Thank you very much for the uh, introduction. And uh, uh, hello, everybody, and thank you for having us today. And thank you for listening. And um, yes, yeah, sort of uh, six, eight, eight months ago, I think it was. Now we were just talking about the history of the company, and we had the recapitalisation coming up. So it was talking about uh, what we had planned and how good the company was looking. And it's brilliant to be here, sort of eight months later, and to be able to start to talk about how well we are doing. Um, having completed the recapitalization. So this morning, or yep, this afternoon just, I'll cover um, what we put up regarding our half one results, so the auditive results, and a, a couple of key milestones that we've also met. For those of you who don't know, we are a data and insights company. So people come to Pure Profile, uh, brands come to Pure Profile because they want to understand about their consumers. Um, and we have consumers around the world, both uh, data that we analyze and people that we ask questions to. And we have millions of people around the world. Um, and we work for over 700 brands with offices in Sydney, Auckland, New York, Singapore, London. <clears throat> and we just opened up in the Netherlands just at the beginning of January. And all of our operations comes out of India. So truly global company. So that's a bit of a background on us, and I'll now talk about um, the clear strategy we have and, and also some financial returns um, of the last uh, first half. So firstly, we have a really, really clear strategy and a clear corporate growth strategy. So number one is to grow those data sources. The more data that we have, the more people we can ask questions to, in the more countries we can do that, then the more clients we can work with and the more insights we can give. So that's strategy number one. And something that um, we're a 20-year-old company, um, and so over the last 20 years, again, we've been developing that global 
footprint to enable us to uh, actually expand very easily and very low cost into new markets. The second area is self-service or software as a service, as, as many of you will know. So the insights industry, just like every other industry, is affected by technology, and it means that we can deliver our insights in real time uh, when the brands want it and how the brands want it without them having to pick up a phone and without us having people at this end who are doing some of the work. So it means that we can be much more efficient, we can scale much more quickly, and as I said, brands can receive data quickly, uh, it's still high quality, and they're not having to pay extra for that. And thirdly, as we uh, develop more data around the world, as we develop our technology platform, it enables our data and insights teams to grow because there are many organizations who want to speak to somebody to get consultancy, to get advice, to get help in building projects. And also we have a media and advertising division and the media and advertising division activates on all of these insights that we find out for brands. And again, the third area is our media team is, allowed to, is able to grow and is able to do more planning around first-party data, so around known data. So the, one of the key differences about Pure Profile is we have this very, very clear strategy to growth now. <clears throat> our first one, half one audited results. That was very positive for us. And it continues on a really good run over financial year 2020 that we had. So if I look at some key headlines, so we had a record half uh, revenue at $14.4 million. Um, that was up 10% year over year. Um, our half one positive net operating cash flow was $286,000. So that's the first time uh, in our 20-year history that we've been positive net operating cash flow, which is brilliant. And also, as a company that had just gone through this um, restructure, it is great to see the auditors have removed our uncertainty clause that we've had for a couple of years, and, and that is now gone, and we, we have a, a very rosy and solid future. So as I said in the table on the right-hand side, revenue was up 10% half year over half year. Our EBITDA was actually up 147% year over year. Uh, and in actual fact, that $1.6 million that we achieved in the half of uh, 21 is equal to the whole year of financial year um, 20. So we're really excited to be absolutely in positive ground now from the 1st of January onwards. And our net profit after tax was actually a positive $4.8 million, um, which is up 190% year over year. Uh, and again, you can see all of our ASX listings um, and view our 4D to understand the detail behind that. Um, we also saw growth across each of our core divisions, data and insights, APAC grew 19%, Data and Insights UK, 17%. And our platform, that middle group, the S, uh, Software as a Service Delivery, which is our newest group, grew 17%. And that also meant that we were able to revise our full year 21 EBITDA guidance to the top end of what we'd said at the beginning of the year of 3 million. So um, that's versus uh, all of those numbers are versus prior year. So a really exciting uh, set of numbers. 
and behind that is obviously a really positive, fantastic company where we are able to see um, key deliverables in each of the areas. Um, normally, uh, when you run an ASX company, you're not able to talk about anything in the future and anything that we're doing. And the great thing about uh, having those audited accounts at the end of the month, we're able to talk about uh, January and February highlights before our quarterly update, which is great news. So we saw data assets grow in sources around the world. And for example, we doubled the size of our, our UK panel, which is really exciting to our clients and obviously to our partners and staff. Um, our software as a service, we launched an exciting new update, which I'll, I'll touch on at the moment around market intelligence. And our data and insights and media, we saw clients being added in, in each new areas. So, region. So to go down into a little bit more detail, firstly, what's really exciting is we were able to publish to clients a global panel book. So this is the ability that global clients can come to us and see at a drop of a hat where we can solve their problems. And in actual fact, uh, in 2020, we had a panel book, so that talked about the country data sources of simply four countries, and now we're able to produce a panel book of 42 countries. So that means organizations who need to understand their consumers at a global level can come to us as a one-stop shop, really exciting. We've built that network by our own um, panels, our own data sources, and also with partnerships um, to ensure that we are able to have that complete coverage. And this really enables organizations, one, to understand their consumers at a global level. Two, they've got a trusted source of deeply profiled consumers from a quality recruited network. And three, their ability to obtain multi-country insights through that single relationship. So this opens up to us a whole new range of clients that we hadn't been able to work with before other than on a single country relationship. So really, really excited about that release um, that we had in January, February. Also, uh, we launched a brand new release of our transactional data dashboards. And these are dashboards where an organization, and on the top right-hand side, you can just about see it, um, there is an example of food delivery. So for example, menu log can come into our software service dashboards. They pay an annuity revenue, and they can view data on how they're doing versus their competitors, how their market share is, how their revenue per client is, how their demographics are, are how their location is different. And then from that single screen, they can actually run research projects. So I can see that uh, Uber Eats is stronger in Brisbane than I am. Why is that? So I can send off a message to Uber Eats uh, customers in Brisbane to understand why they use that. And then from that single screen, I can deliver a media campaign. Again, if it's Uber Eats customers in Brisbane, I want to convert to me menu log. I can send a campaign. Uh, again, through a single screen software service to all of those individuals. What makes it absolutely unique in, in the world is there is no single screen application that allows me to go from whole of market, what, how am I doing versus my competitors, to a why, I send out some research to, or questions to get detailed information, and then to an execution. 
So we're really, really excited about this. Um, we will have full launch this month in, in March, and I hope in our quarterly update to be able to talk about some exciting brands that we've straight away got on board in, in Australia. So phenomenally excited with this development. We've also got a, a, select, here's a selection of clients that we've added. And again, what I'm really excited here is we look at mainland Europe, for example. We just opened mainland Europe office uh, in January, which is supported by our UK office. We've had since about 2005, so we're 15 or so people in our UK office. And we already <coughs> are at, uh, adding some marquee brands there, which is fantastic. In Asia, we opened that Singapore office in about October of last year, again supported by our Australian office, and you can see some brands that you recognize there, Grab, for example, Twitch is another one that we are bringing on board to deliver insights for, really exciting. Our US business continues to, to grow, and again, we support that out of the US um, business today. We purely have sales representatives, mainland Europe, Asia, and US. All of operations is centrally supported. And then Pure Amplify. Pure Amplify that had a big rebrand in around October of last year. A lot happened last year. Had a rebrand about October of last year. And we can see new clients coming on board. Uh, and again, Osmobars um, that you might know well, Novartis that many of you will know. So uh, ABC Reading, industry-leading brands that we are now doing all their digital media planning for. So we've today managed about 700 brands. When I was doing similar presentations with Reach back in August of last year, we were talking about 600 brands. So being focused and being able to deliver to those clients has meant that we have a, a great groundswell of new clients coming on board, hence reflected in the results that I just talked about. What's the outlook? We've been very uh, cautious around cash management, so it is absolutely imperative that we maintain a strong balance sheet position. For us, um, the share price growth, which many of you, all of you are interested in, comes from twofold. It's number one, delivering great results. So um, we've got most probably six quarters now of excellent results in the company. It is our um, absolute desire and, and uh, reason for living to carry on delivering that strong growth in the company, number one. And number two, ensuring that we uh, conduct sessions such as this to continue to tell the story and to help uh, individual shareholders to understand that we are a growing company, fast-growing company, with a focus on the bottom line um, growth. So profitability uh, is really key to us and equally moving in that software as a service platform. So number two, prioritize panel growth in new and existing countries. Number three, data dashboards, uh, pure amplify, uh, and ensuring that we launch around the globe. Um, we continue to invest in sales roles globally, and we've added some really key people, um, five or so key senior sales leaders in our offices who immediately are uh, generating positive results and to maintain and build on that positive momentum that we've got from quarter two, as I said, great results and um, resulting as being able to do many, many exciting things. Over the next three months, to drill down a little bit, um, <clears throat> we, we focused on securing new data partners, um, which enables us to uh, give richer insights. 
I talked uh, a little bit in my commentary, you can see in the ASX, that we've got really exciting news with one of Australia's major loyalty programs. We're currently finalizing work with, and uh, we expect that to launch in uh, this month, um, towards the end of this month. So that's really, really exciting news. So watch this space. We've got that new release of software service solution. It's got a refreshed look. It will mean that we can go to additional client verticals. And again, watch this space. You'll see some exciting new marquee clients being added to our software service growth. Capitalized on the initial success we've seen in Asia and mainland Europe. So ensuring that we continue to grow and we support those salespeople that we've added in those regions. And also to ensure in the next three months that we build that European local language panels. Uh, and over the next three months, again, watch this space. We'll have exciting announcements around new panels that we're launching. So from a high level in the last slide to actually this, a real tangible deliverables that uh, our teams can see, that makes them positive, our clients can see. Um, so again, positive feedback, and they can do more work with us, and equally reflects in our, our shareholder relationships. So that's a quick overview of uh, what we've been doing and what we've got coming up. And uh, thank you all, and I will hand back to Warwick. Very good. Thank you, Martin. Great to see some of those uh, numbers uh, coming through in, um, in the results. So congrats on that. Um, if you uh, just look at the past uh, couple of weeks, obviously Facebook and the Australian government had a bit of a, a face-off and um, uh, grabbed a lot of media attentions. What, um, what's the impact of uh, that, you think, on, on Pure Profile? Where do you think the, sort of the washing will, uh, will come out on that one? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, we're talking about the media bargaining code. The media yep. bargaining code where neither Google or Facebook really well re read the room. They understood that there was a, a groundswell against them of public opinion, which actually the public is saying, hey, pay up. You know, we've, we've had enough of these big companies dictating um, <clears throat> what governments do. As my wife said, um, Facebook only paid 2% tax in Australia last year, and all of us as individuals pay more tax than that. So. It's got several impacts in media bargaining code. Firstly, to consumers. To consumers, uh, and now Facebook have caved in a little bit and they are going to start paying publishers for the news that they uh, present in their fees, uh, as have Google already committed to paying $30 million. But what this means, firstly to consumers, um, it will mean it's potentially less easy to access content. I can't go to that one source. could be Facebook Newsfeed or Google Newsfeed to, to gain my news. And actually, it means that I will go to local um, publishers. Uh, I might go again to News Corp um, entities or other entities to gain some, some local news elements. So a little bit for individuals, um, extra work for individuals to do, consumers to do. Um, but not too much. For Google and Facebook, it really means lower visitor numbers because, again, consumers are going directly to the brands for their news, and also increased cost. I mean, it's not going to harm them too much um, because, obviously, they make a phenomenal amount of profit. But there are increased costs for them producing the news. For publishers, it means that they're going to be rewarded for this creating content. Why shouldn't they be? You know, today, if you play a bit of music in a 
a, a pub or in an event or, or um, as part of a TV show, movie, etc., you pay that original author, you pay them a royalty. So why shouldn't a um, content creator get a royalty for that? So I think that's absolutely um, justified. And it also means that they're going to get increased traffic. So that's great for our local publishers who pay local taxes, who invest in local employees, that actually they're going to have increased traffic, they're going to have increased revenue, and actually they're going to be able to invest more in the local um, environments that, that they live. So that's great. For Pure Profile, it's equally positive. So what this actually means is organizations are going to need much uh, more detailed insights and they're going to need a higher volume of insights. If I'm a publisher, I'm going to need to understand who is visiting my site, who is looking at my news. I'm going to need to come to Pure Profile for that information and that uh, research project. It also means that uh, an increase in local advertising um, spend um, on these sites. And again, we do a lot of ad effectiveness work where organizations trying to understand what ads work with, with different target audience. So the ultimate um, is that Pure Profile will be much, much more busier. But I think I, I'm really proud of that and I'm really pleased with that. But actually, I think the really important message is that um, it will bring a lot more back into the Australian economy than we see by these big tech US-based um, companies taking actually those dollars out of our business. Gotcha. Look, it's uh, very interesting times, and uh, congrats again on um, on on the turnaround and the, the numbers that we're uh, seeing from from the company. We've had a bunch more questions, but I think in the interest of time, we'll feed those uh, through to you offline, Martin. It sounds like a uh, a topic on the on on the privacy and the sort of media bargaining codes for a uh, for a longer discussion on another day. Um, thanks very much for your time again today, Martin. Absolutely. Take care, Warwick, and thank you everybody again. Thanks very much for your time today. Uh, we look forward to chatting again to you soon. Have a good day. Bye.